Everyone's got opinions when it comes to leadership. And let's be honest, how many experts do we all know? But where can we find real leadership advice that's not BS? Well, look no further. Welcome to No BS Leadership, where on each episode, we attempt to expose the gap between what leaders think they should be doing and what actually works. Listen in as we irritate some, inform others, and challenge all leaders to discover a better path to the leadership excellence we all want. Welcome back, everybody, to the No More Leadership BS podcast. <laughs> it's a really good entrance there. This walked right into a wall. So welcome back. We are glad you guys are here. To all of our listeners, thank you for joining us again. To all of our new people, welcome. We are happy you are here listening. Today's co- topic of conversation with the fabulous five that we have here today, uh, we're going to dive into the misnomer that everybody communicates effectively. As leaders, the myth is that they are excellent communicators. And I think we've all had experiences where we have had leaders who thought they were communicating. They thought they were being understood, but the illusion was quickly shattered when things fell apart, when stuff was actually supposed to happen. I just did a post about this on LinkedIn and the, I used a graphic that said, have, have an awful birthday, you coffin dodging oxygen thief. And I thought that seems pretty specific, right? <laughs> and taken in, in the wrong context, somebody could be offended by that. I looked at it. I don't think anybody was actually offended. However, there was a very specific reason I posted that because depending on the situation where people are, the understanding that they have, the relationship that they have with me, that could be an incredibly offensive thing. Or if I say it to some of my best, dearest friends, it's a term of endearment. And it shows that I care because I recognize their birthday and I'm giving them a hard time about getting older because we don't really have a choice in that. So you guys, I'm just really curious. What are some of the stories and the things that you've experienced where we thought communication was actually happening, but it wasn't quite what we had expected? And what were some of the outcomes of those? Let's see here. I know that we've all got lots of experience in this. Mr. Geyer, I'm going to go to you first. Phoenix Coaching. You've had a lot of experience in, in leadership and medical and the medical field and banking and working with clients as a coach. Where are some of those examples that you can pull from? It's a great, great question, Geoff. They are everywhere, actually. I'm one of those guys that, that believes almost all and by almost all challenges that we experience both in our professional and personal lives, those challenges are rooted in ineffective communication. We like to talk about it as, well, it's a lack of communication and it, not necessarily a lack of communication, but a certain lack of effective communications. What I thought I said to my wife or my direct report or my coworker or my board of directors isn't what they heard me say, or what they heard me say isn't what I actually said. And so the whole idea that what I say or even what I write down is effectively communicated with the audience that I'm intending to, to assume that's the case is probably an invalid assumption that we should always work to make sure that what we are communicating is what we want to communicate because uh, if if you were in one of my presentations about communication, you would see slide in the presentation 
that says the definition of communication isn't just me talking and trying to get my message across. It's the person that's listening actually receiving the same message that I intended to send. And so, um, yeah, it happens all over the place. I believe that the challenges that we come across in our daily lives are almost all rooted in some kind of communication breakdown. I 100% agree because what I say sometimes to my spouse, my, my wife, I think I'm very clear. And obviously the way it hits is not what I intended. Uh-huh, I'm sorry. I, I didn't understand what you were saying. I'm sorry. What? Exactly. She says, you're saying your words say this, but your face is saying something else. I'm like, this is just the way I was born. I'm so yeah. sorry. I just, oh, yeah. And, and communication. Yeah. I should add that too. That communication isn't just the spoken word or the written mm-hmm. word. It has a lot to do with body language and facial expression. My wife and I were in the grocery store yesterday and I was pushing the cart and she was buying stuff we didn't need. And she looked at me and she goes, what's up with that face? <laughs> and I go, it's just my face. And it's the only face I got. I've been around it for 40 years. You should recognize it by now. And she goes, you look upset. And I wasn't upset. I didn't think I was upset, but I was projecting that. And so she put licorice back on the shelf because we didn't need it. But anyway, (laughs) I digress. Oh, man. Oh, but there you go. That's the communication is not just the words we're saying. It's how we're saying it, the tone, the environment that we're in. It's all 80% of your communication is nonverbal which yes. our last episode was about remote teams. And if you can only see somebody's face or they're the, a part of their person, you're going to be missing out on certain cues. Yes. So that, again, makes communication even more challenging when you put screens between us. Let's see here. Who's going to go next? Who am I going to... Eeny, meeny, miny. Okay, Jeff Conroy. Pick me. His hand pick pick me. Very excited to go. I have long believed that clarity in the workplace is a deliberate act. And you have to... Stay at it and constantly maintain it. Am I wrong? Nope. Nope. It's, but I think the level of clarity that you need within the workplace depends on the workplace culture. What's the culture within the workplace? If everyone's feels like they need to be siloed, there's not going to be much clarity, not much communication. Everyone's going to lone wolf it. What are your communication practices that's being promoted within the company? Are you? Email only? Are you Zoom only? Do you manage by walking around? Do you do all three? What's the communication practices? What's the leadership style? It may not be that person's leadership style for clarity. If you want clarity within the workplace, do your do the people around you and the people above you and below you have that same belief in clarity? It's a constant effort by both. It's on both sides. It's the constant effort for clarity by both the leader and the employee. If it's just one-sided, it's going to fall on deaf ears. I think we can all agree on that one. But in my opinion, I think clarity requires constant feedback from each side. It's the, do you understand what I'm saying here? Can you tell me back what I just said? And constant guidance. So that's why I was always a big believer in the once a week checkpoint meeting where you stand in a doorway and have conversations and how are you doing with this? And but clarity is an ongoing process. It's not just theory or an idea. It is ongoing, full contact. I think I said it yesterday during one of our yep. posts on LinkedIn. Clarity is a contact sport and you've got to have that constant contact with those around you. It could be Zoom. It could be in person. It could be emails. It could be texting. It should be all four, not just one. So that's my opinion on 
clarity within the workplace. Yep. I love that you say clarity is a contact sport because it's those little touches, right? Yeah. Whether that's standing in a doorway, a text, a phone call, an official meeting, you're always seeking clarity. You're always seeking communication. You're always seeking the, is this working? Are we on the same page? Because if you're on the same page, great. Now you have progress and much quicker. Yeah. But if you think that you're on one, you're on page seven and they're on page 99, you're going to be missing some things. How do we get everybody up to speed? Sorry. And I've always been a big fan of, I've done both. I went to a workplace and everybody was siloed. So I had director's meetings every week and they got to be like two and a half, three hour meetings, which were stupid, ridiculous. And then I have the, my, my most favorite one is a, I call it the standing meeting. We all stand around the receptionist desk or stand around someone's desk, stand around the desk and give the meeting. And they don't last longer than 15 minutes. I think you can get a lot done in 15 minutes, but mm-hmm. just to reiterate priorities and expectations and get feedback from your team on where they are. I'm also yeah. a believer in the pack mentality. If you have a group of people, not everyone's going to speak up. So that's why you go speak to them individually. Sorry. Now I'm done talking. Sorry. Sorry. Hi, hi. No, I love that. I actually had a client that would do that, that they would have a standing meeting for the entire organization. There's like 150 people. They tried to keep it to less than 15 minutes. And it was a shout out. It was like, who's doing what, where? And they'd ask their leaders in each department to say, to recognize people. Mm -hmm. And they'd just give them a quick shout out. Hey, this is Bob over in accounting and he's doing a great job doing this and this. And we really appreciate what the work he's doing. Everybody's like, way to go, Bob. Right. And it was just a quick, every single week, they would recognize the good behaviors that they were having in their company. Yeah. And then all the other business things that happened behind the scenes were those are different kinds of meetings. And like you said, two, three hour meetings where you go, oh, yeah, it got stupid. It got stupid. Yeah. You don't want that meeting with 150 people. It doesn't, it's not. And I'd have a running agenda. So it was on the agenda until it was taken care of. And when the agenda started hitting two pages, yeah, I called, that was crap. (laughs) I'm like, I'm not doing this right. This is wrong. Uh-huh. Oh yeah. Miss Myra Hall, communication expert here. Tell us what <laughs> you, you've had some conversations. I am sure from both sides of the aisle. What's, what are some of the misnomers that, that people think are happening and they're really not? What's, what are your experiences? I have one that I think is the toughest one, not only to recognize, but to root out. And if you can imagine coming into the office and you know how you can tell when somebody they're going around with a cloud over their head. Their, their brows are knitted. You didn't do anything that you know of, but they're, they, they're short with you. It's not the normal camaraderie that you have. And finally, you get it out of them because you, what's wrong? Nothing's wrong. What, what's going on? What happened? That post you made on social media this morning, I know it was directed right at me. Okay, it's not what you say, it's what they make it mean about them. Mm-hmm. You had no intention that it meant anything about them, but they took what you said and made it mean something about them that was so off base and just completely, but it has nothing to do with the communication you thought you were having. Does that make sense? Oh, yes. Yes. It, and it happens over and it happened in with my husband and I. And he said something that I can't even remember our conversation, but it just, it blew me away. And I turned around and says, you made that mean that. That's not what I meant at all. So that's on you. That's on you. I am not going to take responsibility for you making it mean that because that was nothing farther from my mind. 
Speaking for the and four I, men here, I'm pretty sure we've never done that with our wives. Never, ever. No. I have no idea what she's talking about. <laughs> I'm well, perfectly it, it, clear. It is, it is the starting growing point of some very big arguments and very big misunderstandings, hurt yes. feelings. And, yes. and you can see it happen on social media all the time. I was just um, going to bring that up. Yeah, so. it happens there. But the bottom line is people don't always hear what you're saying. They hear what they make it mean about yes. them. And that takes a lot of compassion for one thing. And I get short on compassion and I'll be the first one to admit it when somebody takes something that I said completely out of context. Because guess what? Then I start making it mean something about me and it has nothing to do with me. It has everything to yeah. do with them. So yeah. it just, it can escalate in just because communication wasn't clear. That, that has been the hardest one that I have. Uh, and it's nobody's fault, by the way, that communication wasn't clear. They saw it through their lens and you gave it out through your lens. And it just, you just got to learn, recognize and not take it personally. That's the big thing. Mm. Don't take it personally. That's hard to really do, hard. Easy to say. So just to be clear, I love the four of you guys. Do you guys understand that? <laughs> I'm going to make that mean. Is there a butt? Things. Is there, <laughs> a, is there a butt after that? Every, everyone's got a big butt. <laughs> that was waiting for that. <laughs> little pee, little Pee Wee Herman. Little Pee Wee Herman. Yeah. Everyone's got a big butt. <laughs> oh my God. So that's oh a little deep, but it's, I think it is so applicable to communication. It's not something we actually talk about very much is what did they make it mean about them? And they got all kinds of filters coming back from maybe what their dad told them when they were five years old. I was what they just believe say, about yeah. themselves. Yeah. True. So yep. it, 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 and you may have triggered something that you didn't even realize, but it takes compassion. It takes empathy and it takes asking and caring enough to say what's going on here. Yeah. Yeah, you're, you hit so many points on there, Myra, that like we could have epi different episodes about <laughs> different, those different things. Like people bring to their conversations and their understanding their entire background. And if we don't take that into consideration when we are giving directions, directives, or actually asking questions that may seem somewhat sometimes insensitive, like we, cause if you don't know the backgrounds of your people, you might easily trigger some of those people, some of those hardships that they've had, and then they're mad. And then all of a sudden they they go into this cycle of, why are they saying this? Well, why would they do that? It's not, and it completely derails any kind of communication that you would have yep. in any understanding. And just a quick thing on triggers is this is, I work with my clients and we work with triggers a lot. And one of them is I tell them you're blaming them for pulling the trigger, but you're the one that's carrying the ammunition. Yeah. People are going to pull your triggers all day. Figure out what your ammunition is. I like, a, I like little side you know, note. You're drinking the poison and you're expecting the other person to die. die. Yeah. Yep. I, I've done a lot of work and I'm in the, it, I'm starting to do more work in diversity, equity, and inclusion. And I start off because everybody's, you got to have a trigger warning. And I say, I intentionally do not do trigger warnings because I believe you're a whole and complete person and you have autonomy and you have the choice to make a decision on things. And if we're going to do something that you don't like, then by all means, please step out for a second, take care of yourself because you're human. You need that. That's okay. Right. I understand that. But please be observant and be willing to incorporate yourself back into our group because yeah. we want your opinions. We want your feedback. We need what you're thinking so that we can become better as a group. 
And so far, I haven't had anybody really push back on that, which is so far. We'll see. Dr. Can, Sam. Can I help make your point? You, yes, Before please. we get to the question, if I could, your point is really important one to make in terms of communication because we did a diversity inclusion exercise years and years ago and the facilitators did leave with the, basically we didn't have the words that, but it was a trigger warning, right? This can be uncomfortable, this can be awkward, You may people may say some things they wouldn't normally say and then we had the experience. The feedback by the participants after the fact was if you hadn't led with this is going to get hard, I'm not sure the conversation would have gotten as difficult as it did. You maybe planted some bad news in people's brains for them to share that instead of sharing what they would normally want to share. So I think the idea of you're in a conversation, if it gets weird, take a step out. That's fine. Pre-warning that, hey, y'all, brace yourselves now because your ulcer's coming. Great. I definitely have an ulcer. It depends on right. how it's going to show up. Right. Buckle up. It's going to get bumpy, people. Let's ride. Right. <laughs> oh, man. So what are some of those times, obviously, in education, working with students, working with people who work with students, with young people, and now working with organizations and leaders who work with people? Seems like people is the common theme around standings. Could you dive into that a little bit, Dr. Sam? Yeah, for sure. One thing I've been thinking about during this episode is the nature of communication and medium. And when we had staff meetings and we would start to wring our hands over who's reading the email, who's reading the newsletter, who gets it on Twitter, who gets it on Facebook and all this kind of thing. Just send it this way because I don't read that version. We'll just send it the other way because I don't read that one you just mentioned. So every, not everybody, a lot of people wanted to cater to the way that was comfortable to them. Yes. The information. Yes. And we were talking about big changes like closing a university due to weather. It feels warm and toasty at that time to send out an email notification because that was the most broad reaching. But the people who worked outside of that range who made minimum wage and didn't have internet at home, and at that point was before texting was a huge issue, they're making the drive before we decide to close the university. So yeah. They're out in the ice and snow before yes. it was even out there. Mm-hmm. But yeah. they have them show up and say, we should have checked your email. Cute. The computer I do that with is here. So... Not sure what to do with that information. I'm going to wind this all together in just a second. We had a concert in the Midwest. Country Western guy was a big name and was the biggest name in the area for a long time at AT University anyway. And people would continually complain. Students don't check their email. They just never read their emails. They don't check their emails. We send emails and students wouldn't check them. This guy comes for a concert. They didn't announce the name. And they sent one email one day that said, this is who it is, this is how you buy tickets. In an hour, they were sold out. Yeah. So I said, friends, it's not the question do these students read their email. It's, do they, not do they use email, but do they read it? These don't find important things we want them to find important. Mm-hmm. So all this comes around to, as you're communicating to your teams, to your whole corporations, yes, there may be different ways to get the message out there, but my recommendation is have one central place where the message is. This is the one message. Your Twitter links back to that message, your LinkedIn, your Instagram, whatever, all goes back to the same one message. So there can't be any confusion or typos or errors. There can be confusion over interpretation. But whether we got the same exact message, it's guaranteed because you only put it in one spot for people to go retrieve it. That's yeah. a great, that's a great point, Dr. Sam. The great point. The, org- the organizations that I had the, the privilege to lead that, that when I got hired on, to them, they were in trouble financially and other ways. The One of the first things, within the first two or three days, we established a single corporate 
communication platform. And back in those days, it was almost 100% email always. But yeah, that, yeah, I'm sorry you don't have an email, but you now have a company email address and all, listen to me, all corporate communication is coming through this email. And so that's where you get the information. Yeah, I agree with you 100. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, it's fascinating. I'm sure we could talk a lot about communication because that's a lot of our coaching expertise and areas where we work with our clients on what is clarity. Is it clear to you? Is it clear to your mission, vision, values? Is it clear to your team? How are we conveying that information? But to close things out here, number one is I would say give people a little bit of We have to understand where they're coming from because what we say isn't necessarily what they understand given their backgrounds. Get to know the people around you because that will make communication better, right? Yeah. yeah. Number two is make sure that you have a central form of communication. Dr. Sam was saying, like Mr. Guy was saying, like, if you have this one spot, this is where we're going to do all official communication. This is the main channel. Here's where you find the stuff. It makes it so much easier for the important pieces of information to get out to everybody so that everybody is on the same page. And then number three is, I would say, if you have not read it, The Four Agreements, excellent uh, resource. Great God, book. Myra's like, oh, I want to talk about that. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> well, I'm not particularly about that, but it just reminded me that Remember, this is important. Write it down, get a pencil. Communication is a two-way street. It's not all about you. It's a two-way street. It's not just about what you're saying. It's how they're receiving it. Yep. Stay curious. Stay curious. Yes. Oh, yeah. Love that. And that's really hard because, oh my God, as a husband, a father, a brother, a son, a leader, a presenter, there are times when you think you said something and it just didn't hit and you go, that is not. That was not clear at all. That was clear as mud. I got it. Yeah. So communication, do the best you can until you know better and then do better. And if you need help, please, by all means, reach out to us, get a hold of us. You've got Myra Hall at Waypoint Coaching, Jeff Conroy at Conroy Leadership Consulting, Mr. Geyer over at Phoenix Coaching, and Dr. Sam Jennings at 360 Clarity. I'm Jeff Geoff McLaughlin with Professionals at Play and where we make work fun again. And that's the whole goal. So if you have any questions or comments or want to leave us any kind of information or things that you would like to see us, hear us talk about in the future, you can reach us at askus at leadershipbs.co. And then wherever you're listening to these podcasts, we would love it. It would be a big favor to us if you could leave us a review. Hopefully it's five stars. If not five stars, then you can just leave a five-star review. That'll work for us as well. But leave us a review, help us get out there, share it with your friends, let us know how we can help you out. Thank you so much for listening as always. For those of you out there who are brand new, welcome to the podcast. For those of you that have been longtime listeners, thank you for being with us again today. We appreciate you. Have a great week, everybody. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. 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 Bye.